0: Well, welcome, good morning. As most of you know, I've been sick. I'm still not completely 100%, but on the mend, and so is my wife, so we're glad for that. Um, We're in a series called Follow. This is actually week eight. We usually don't go eight weeks in a series, but uh, we have with this one, this is the final week, and uh, that'll make sense in a few minutes. So I thought we'd start off by reviewing where we've come so far. So we'll do that real quickly. Some highlights and insights. First, everyone's invited to follow. So it doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter if you've been to church a lot or not, doesn't matter what you've done. We'll see that in a minute. Uh, how old you are, stage in life. Everyone's invited. Okay? That means everyone. Nobody's excluded for any reason. Now it's an invitation to a relationship. It's not an invitation to a church or to a religion or to a ceremony or anything else. It's an invitation to a relationship. With Almighty God, the creator of the universe, wants to have a relationship with you. That's what He's inviting you to, to do. <clears throat> being a sinner is a prerequisite. So you don't have to be a good person. In fact, the prerequisites to being a mess up, a screw up. And we all qualify for that. So we all are <coughs> have that quality or that, that prerequisite. We all have the next one too. Having doubts is a prerequisite. Even one of the disciples. He got the nickname Doubting. Uh, And he hung out with Jesus for three years in the flesh. So if you and I have doubts, that's natural, that's normal, that's okay. Uh, A couple more and then we'll move on. If you're following somebody, you want to know where are you going? What's the destination? What's the goal? Where are you going to end up? And it's not what you might expect when we looked at what Jesus taught. Uh, We will wind up in heaven, (laughs) but that's not the destination. Uh, What Jesus was trying to get his disciples to do was to develop this overwhelming faith, this faith that overcame fear. The story we looked at was a fear of a storm that was going to sink the ship, but it could be health issues, fear, relationship fears, uh, whatever fear you might have. Jesus' goal for you and I as we follow him is to get to the place where we're fearless. And And if you don't like that word, worry less might be a better word. Then we talked about We called it follow wear. Jesus followers all dress the like, not the same shirts, but qualities such as compassion and forgiveness and, of course, love and kindness. So Jesus followers all all exhibit those qualities. Pastor Clint talked about following would eventually cost you something. Uh, It's going to cost you. Uh, At the beginning, uh, we all enter as consumers. We're in it for what we get out of it. But eventually it's going to cost you something. Most of the time it's going to cost you a, uh, a dream, uh, a direction of life you want to go, and I'll share with share mine this morning, but, and, and God wants you to go somewhere else. Um, but you don't need to fear there either, because where God wants to take us is going to be better where than you want to take yourself. Then last week we talked about followers are great leaders. And, and I asked in my small group, how many of your leaders Now everybody put up your hands. If you're a Jesus follower, you're a leader. Now, the way we lead is different than what most people think like. We are to lead like Jesus, and Jesus led by serving. So if I ask you, if you're a Jesus follower, if you're not, we're glad that you're here. But if you're a Jesus follower, are you serving? If you're serving, you're leading. Now, thank you. Now, um, all of us, well, I can't say all of us, the vast majority of us at some time in our life Either, at least thought about pushing what I'm going to call the unfollow button. Um, some of us have actually done it. Uh, you were following Jesus for a while, maybe got really involved, in and something, usually something happens in life. We'll talk about that. And you decided, yeah, I'm not going to follow for this period of time. At that point, you don't know how much time. Uh, if you're here, you're at least considering following if you had stopped following somewhere along the line or if you never, never started. And we're going to look at a question, a very uh, wise, insightful question that can help you and I when we're standing there ready to push the unfollow button. And uh, so uh, we'll get there in a few minutes, but I want to set it up first. Jesus has just fed 5,000 men plus women and children. So we can... Low estimates, 10,000 people. So he's got quite a following. He's got a crowd following. That's a lot of people. And he fed them all. <coughs> and they're, they're continuing. When somebody gives you free food, what do you want? More free food, right? More miracles. And so they're kind of pressing him to do more miracles, to, to do more to, to <coughs> stuff they can consume. <coughs> and so Jesus gets in a boat. He's at the Sea of Galilee. He gets in a boat and goes across the other side to get away from the crowd. Well, it kind of worked. <laughs> some of the people didn't follow, but some did. And they went around the lake. And so Jesus is on the other side, and the crowd shows up. <clears throat> and they're kind of, again, trying to get Jesus, if nothing else, to proclaim himself the Messiah and get rid of the Romans. That was their big, big uh, problem. <clears throat> so Jesus decides to use this as a teaching moment. We've got teachers here. Teaching moment. All right, I just gave them bread to eat. So he says to the crowd, <clears throat> I'm the bread come from heaven. The bread of God come from heaven. <clears throat> now, I love the Bible because if you read this, is in, in, in John chapter 6. The Bible's so honest. Now, the crowd there had known Jesus. They saw, some of them had seen Jesus grow up, grow, had grown, had, when he had grown up. And so they ask this question, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're not come down from heaven. We know Mary, <laughs> we know Joseph, you were born just like the rest of us as a baby. And there's some weird stories about it, but you know, you're, you're not come down out of heaven. <clears throat> and so they're kind of pushing back at what Jesus is teaching. So instead of Jesus, <laughs> who am I to tell Jesus what to do? Instead of helping him to understand, he seems to make it more complicated, more difficult And we might even say weird. And so we're going to pick the story up in verse 54. You can go home and read the chapter for yourself. We'll have some translation on the screen. If you want some other translation, please follow along. Anyone who eats my flesh. He's talking about first being bread. Now he says, anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. This is a good week to talk about this stuff, right? Gory stuff. You know, Halloween week. You know, he said, I'll raise that person at the last day, and my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Now, if you're standing here hearing this, what are you thinking? This is gross. This is cannibalism. This is, where where is in the world is he going with this? Yeah, it's fine when you feed us, Jesus, but then we don't, what is this weird stuff? So, again, the Bible's realistic. The people respond like you and I would respond. <clears throat> many of the disciples and followers, the crowd, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? I'd have trouble accepting it. You would have trouble accepting it. The crowd had trouble accepting it. The disciples had, the 12 disciples had trouble accepting it. This is just too weird and gross. And Jesus, where are you going with this? So Jesus was aware of the impact he was making with what he had said, of course. And so the uh, passage goes on. Jesus was aware the disciples were complaining, (laughs) as they often did, just like you and I. So he said to them, does this offend you? Of course, he knew the answer. He knew it had offended him, And so he just voiced the question for them. Now he's saying, okay, you're thinking literally, you're thinking physically. I'm talking about... Something bigger, something greater, something f- spiritual. And of course, we celebrate this when we do the communion or Lord's supper, don't we? Uh, but if you're offended by this, what was the greatest offense that we've ever seen in the world? It was the fact that God's Son was beaten and spit on. We talked about this li- last week, and tortured and executed. That's the greatest offense, not talking about eating flesh and drinking blood. The fact that they killed the Messiah, you and I. So, then we get to this little verse that is so huge in the life of Jesus and ministry of Jesus. Verse 66. My wife was typing this up. She said, John 666. 666. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the, ver- the numbers were added later. Okay, so they weren't in there when Jesus when when uh, John wrote this. Uh, from this time, many of his disciples, again the crowd, turned back and no longer what <clears throat> followed. They had pushed the what the unfollowed button, and it doesn't say a few. They said, uh, many, a lot. This is like the majority, right? So if we had 20,000, maybe we're down to a, a few thousand. Now this is the, the transition point in Jesus' ministry. Up until this point, he's got crowds of 20,000 people following him, right? He does his teaching about eating my flesh and drinking my blood, and all of a sudden he's down to maybe a few thousand. So this is huge. He went from being popular to not being popular. And this is, this is a struggle for the disciples because... If you're close to somebody that's really popular, then you're popular, right? And if they're not popular anymore, then you're not popular anymore. <clears throat> and so this really got in the way of what they were thinking was going to happen. He's going to get really famous. He's going to become the Messiah. He's going to throw out the Romans. And we're going to be right there where, with him. So, <clears throat> if you reject the message, then you're rejecting the messenger, right? Right? So at this point, they're rejecting this message or this teaching of Jesus, so consequently they're rejecting Jesus. Really important for us to remember. So Jesus turns to his 12. The story tells us. He said, okay, are you also going to leave? Because he knew that's what they were thinking. Now, it really doesn't make any sense to lie to Jesus, right? (laughs) Because he knows what you're thinking. He asked the questions even before we asked the questions. But we all, again, Almost all of us, at some point in our lives, have considered this. Even if you've been a Jesus follower since since childhood. And it usually comes in difficult times. It comes in times of transition. It comes in times when things are, big changes come in our lives. But here's the interesting thing. I put this on your outline. Very few people, some but not very many, very few people quit following Jesus because they don't think it's true anymore. Now, sometimes you go off to college and they convince you that this, the Bible's all myth and you might stop, stop believing it. But most people don't. Most people that start off somewhere along the line believing st- still can believe. They might they not follow, but they still believe. So, why do people push the unfollow button? <clears throat> I put it this way in your outline. Most people, good following, because it's too hard, too embarrassing. Or just too inconvenient. You're in a relationship. What is it? Why is it? It's just my imagination that the cutest girls aren't Jesus followers. I don't know. I found the exception with my wife. Okay, Uh, but you know, I'm in this relationship. She's cute. She's fun. She's funny. Uh, She's not a Jesus follower, but you know, anybody can become a Jesus follower. But not everybody can be cute and funny, right? And so uh, it's hard, hard to end that relationship. If she's refusing to become a, a, a Jesus follower. Uh, maybe it's at school. Maybe it's at work. <clears throat> you know, if I stand up for Jesus, I'm not going to have any friends. Nobody's going to invite, I want to hang out with me. Nobody's going to uh, invite me to, the, you know, to the party because, you know, you're one of those goodies, goody goodies that, you know, Jesus followers. So it's just going to be embarrassing. It's even embarrassing in my family. Nobody else in my family are Jesus followers. I remember in my extended family, we were the only Jesus followers at one point. It's just inconvenient sometimes, right? Yeah, I'd like to do this, but it's, Jesus followers can't do that. So it's, that's, it's inconvenient. It's not really bad. Not horrible. It's just inconvenient. So I to talk about myself a little bit in this, this scenario. You've heard me tell, me tell at 17, I felt God called me to be a, be a pastor. That's what I was supposed to do. It was the last thing on my radar. If I was listing things I was gonna do with my life, pastor would be way down the list. Not because I, I love church. I started going when I was a teenager and I loved it. And uh, it served me well. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, but it just it, it wasn't my, my personality. It wasn't my skill set. It, it just wasn't me. And so at 17, I'm struggling with pushing the unfollow button, right? I've only been a believer a couple of years. But Jesus, you want me to be a pastor? I, that's, n- I, no, I, 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 I want to go do something else. Um, I even enrolled in college as a, a, an engineering program. And so, then it got even more difficult. Okay, so I'm going to have to find a spouse, hopefully an attractive spouse, that wants to be a pastor's wife. Now, there's not a lot of those out there. Uh, it's not, a, you know, people aren't li- lining up to be pastor's wives. They just aren't. Um, so... And then if I have kids, guess what? Those kids are going to be what? Preacher's kids. So I'm limiting my options here big time, it seemed like, at 17. But I didn't. I, I, I didn't push the unfollow button. I kind of stuck my toe in the water and said, okay, <laughs> I'll start, you know, a little bit going in that direction, Jesus. I still don't really get it. I still don't really believe it. But, uh, We'll see what happens. Of course, the rest is history. Um, so that's kind of where the disciples are at this point. <clears throat> They've been following Jesus. You know, it's been great up until now. Jesus is doing miracles. They're all popular. And now Jesus has kind of turned the crowd against them. And now we're not so popular anymore. And Jesus is talking, as we said last week, talking about dying. And, you know, this isn't what, is what they signed up for or they didn't think they signed up for. And so I put this on your, on your outline. Uh, when you're dealing with a relationship, not just with God, but I'm thinking with my spouse, for example. Uh, my spouse or God wants me to get out or to stick it out, right? When the tough time comes. You know, you can't straddle the fence with, with God. You can't straddle the fence in, in any of your serious relationships, can you? So are you in or you're out? Make up your mind. Now, in the story... Jesus asked the question, and often who answered the questions when Jesus asked him out of the 12? Peter usually answered it. And you gotta love Peter, but most of the time his answers weren't very good, were they? This is an exception. This is an amazing, insightful, wise response from Peter. So are you gonna stop following too? You're gonna push that unfollow button, and here's what Peter says. Lord... To whom would we go? If I'm unfollowing here, I'm following something else. I'm excluding, if, if I've decided against this option, I'm choosing some other option. Okay, so if this isn't the option for me, let me look at the other options. And what Peter is saying is, okay, I don't like some of this option, but this option's worse, and this option's worse, and this option's worse. And so what he says is, again, wise wisdom. You, Jesus, have the words of eternal life. Nobody else is offering that. I'm sorry. Can't find that anyplace else. I know this is hard, and maybe you're in a hard place right now. You can ask yourself that question. Where else are you going to go? Who else is offering eternal life? And part of the difficulty is this Christianity thing, this following Jesus thing. It's just not very popular, is it? And even worse, I think sometimes we're just ignored. People don't even care about Christianity enough to bother them anymore. They just ignore it. <clears throat> but you and I, when Jesus invites us to following, inviting us to be part of God's story, something so much bigger than your life or my life. God's story. So I I'm gonna put words in Peter's mouth here, but I think this is what he would say. What Peter is saying here is, I would rather die for something, <laughs> which history tells us he did, than to live for nothing. To live an insignificant life, quote unquote meaningless life. I mean, all life has meaning, but in the big picture. And he could have went back to fishing and had a family, or he did have a family, and live his life, raise his kids and die. And nobody would, you know, nobody would ever think about him again. We're talking about Peter 2,000 years later. Something bigger. See, we talked about this last week, I think. You and I are too little to live our lives for. We just are. We're just not that important. Sorry if that offends you. But there's something more fulfilling, more meaningful, more satisfying than just living the treadmill life. Let me put it this way. Anytime you step down from following Jesus, it's a step down. It just is. There is nothing else that can compare. So then he's Peter again. Wisdom comes from his mouth. He says, "We believe. We we believe, and we know. We're sure. We're positive that you are the Holy One of God." Don't like where this is going, Jesus? <laughs> I don't like it's going to get difficult. I don't like the fact you are going to suffer and die. It's going to, you know, we're going to be persecuted but we believe when we know you're the Holy One of God. So here's the question. When you and I are tempted to push the unfollow button, to whom will we go? What are the other options? And I'll have to say to you, <coughs> whenever I ask that question, <laughs> I avoid a lot of regrets. In fact, I believe this is true. and Maybe someday I'll, I'll think of something else. I cannot think of, and I've been a Jesus follower for 50 years, I can't think of one time when I followed Jesus and regretted it. Now I got regrets in my life, but never from choosing to follow Jesus. Man, that's pretty, pretty powerful, right? Live a life without regret. So, times when we're tempted to push the unfollow button, transition times. It's the next slide. You know, we're off to college, and you know, you left your family and your church behind it is easy to okay I'll just kind of unfollow Jesus here in, in college just to have some fun. <clears throat> Move from one place to another. You leave your church. It's always interesting we get new people come to church and they say, oh I've moved into the area and I say, well how long you've been here? And I'm really impressed with somebody, oh I just been here for t- two weeks and you showed up at our church. That's fantastic. Uh, other people, oh well it's been three years. <laughs> You know, transition time, it's it's easy to unfollow. Well, you know, I'm not going to find a church like back home. Of course you're not. Every church is different. The question is if God's there or not, right? (laughs) Find a church where God is. And probably the biggest reason I think we're tempted to unfollow is when we have difficulties, when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we like. But God, yeah, yeah, I'd really like to find a cute girl and get married and settle down. And he prayed and prayed and prayed and still single, no prospects, or vice versa, gals with guys. Um, Want to have children. We've been married for 10 years now. We've been trying to have children. We've been praying. We've been praying for years. Our family's been praying. No children, God. I'd like to get a promotion at work. But as a Jesus follower, it's just not going to happen. I keep praying. Most of you know, our daughter-in-law got sick, cancer, and we prayed and prayed and prayed. God, heal her. She's 33 with three little kids, and she dies. Man, that's a time to push an unfollow button. If you're not going to answer that prayer, God, I don't need to follow you. Let me just say this just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean there isn't an answer. Just because I don't know doesn't mean God didn't know. It it all goes back to the character of God. Do I truly believe that God's a God of love and mercy and grace? Then He is always going to be (laughs) loving, merciful, and gracious, even if it doesn't look like it to me. So, life complicates things, but considering the options, asking that question, it simplifies things, brings clarity. Well, if I stop following Jesus, what are my other options out there? Some other religion? That's, you know, that's your option, your choice. (laughs) But no other place you're going to find... The offer of eternal life. I'll put it this way on your outline. If not Jesus, who? Some political person? Whew, hopefully not. <laughs> Let's not talk politics, right? If not Jesus, who? If not Christianity, what? We talked about this before. Christianity is the only religion where God solved the problem for man. All other religions are men trying to figure out how to get to God. Not Christianity. So our belief system is a roadmap. Anytime you look at a road map is to find out or figure out what your destination is. So at 17, my dilemma was, do I have a good enough reason to push the unfollow button? And uh, I've been a believer in only a few years, but I had no reason to push it. And I'm grateful. I've been a pastor for forty years. Had a birthday yesterday, by the way. Getting old. Beats the alternative, though, right? Uh, uh, I'm grateful. I've lived a life I couldn't imagine. I've pastored great churches. I've met great people. I've traveled to other, lived in other countries. I didn't push the, the unfollow button. And I've had this amazing life. I'm so grateful. And hopefully you are too. So here's the question. When you're tempted to unfollow, to whom would we go? And don't move. Don't push that button until you add a good answer to that question. And if you seriously consider it, I don't think you'll push it. Just want to end with three Clarifying statements, maybe? Salvation is free. This relationship with God through Jesus costs you nothing. Absolutely free, 100%. Jesus paid it all. Debt's been paid in full. That's what the cross and resurrection are about. And besides, what could we use to pay for it? (laughs) We have no no collateral that would pay for our salvation. So salvation is absolutely free for all of us. Now, following Jesus, though, on the other hand, will cost you something. Still a great deal. What you get is greater than what you get cost, <clears throat> but it's going to cost you something. And most of the time, it, it, it's a dream. A dream of being an engineer, or a dream of, uh, of or some relationship, being with some other person. going to cost you something. And here's the last statement, and this is what we end with. Refusing to follow Jesus could cost you everything. Purpose and meaning in this life, forgiveness for your sin, eternity with God in heaven. We're all gonna last for eternity. We don't talk about this a lot. There's two places. Heaven's a wonderful place, hell a horrible place. we we'll are all spend eternity one place or another. That's the end of the follow series. You can go back and catch up, or hopefully, this is something that will stick with you. We say it every week. This is something daily, hour by hour, day by day. Am I following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? Ah, Father God, thank you so much, uh, first and foremost, for your word, which gives us all this instruction and guidance and direction. <clears throat> uh, we thank you for this series. I thank you that. It's simple to begin. Everybody can do it. Somewhere along the line, there's going to be a cost. As we said, the benefits outweigh the cost. God, I just pray, in a group this side, I know some folks that either have pushed the unfollow button or at least thinking about doing it. Life's not turning out like they wanted. They've been praying, the answers don't seem to be coming. God I just pray that, we continue, that, we, that all of us would continue to ask the question if not Jesus who where where else could I go Where else? who else is offering eternal life and God for all of us at some point we have to step across that line and follow and say yes Jesus I've taken this gift this free gift uh, given you my life it <clears throat> might not go where I want it to go but where you take it, it'll be, be better. Jesus, we thank you for the fact that you love us unconditionally. That you'll never leave us or forsake us. Even when we turn our backs on you. You're waiting there for, for us to, with open arms. God, we thank you for your spirit that, that makes these things real to us. And as I watched the people's faces, I could see, God, this, that your spirit was speaking through these words, wanting to transform us. But you never force yourself on anyone. You always give us freedom of choice. And I would pray that we would choose well, we would choose wisely. The best option is to follow.